Manifest Your Best Dog, where we talk about how dogs think and why they're trainable. On today's episode, we're going to talk about why dogs need a job. Let's first start off with what is a job? You might find that ridiculous, that your dog needs a job, that they need to be employed and they need to do something every day. But if you look at the course of history, breeds all were cultivated, genetically selected, and created to do something. And sometimes those breeds are meant to do really intense, hard jobs that require a lot of intellect and a lot of traits spread into them. Some dogs were cultivated to be companions and to sort of just hang out with you. But that second group, the dogs that require less mental and physical expenditure, are the smaller majority. Most dogs over history were cultivated to do something very intense that people don't necessarily want to or can't do. Your hunting dogs that can sniff out a bird in the middle of a field. People can't do that, and so they cultivated breeds that could do it for them. Take your herding dogs, a dog that can, in a matter of minutes, move a whole herd of sheep. That is to make the farmer's life easier and make it possible for them, as one person, to move livestock from paddock to paddock that they couldn't do otherwise, at least before the dawn of ATVs. Um, You know, those jobs are challenging. They take a lot of intellect, a lot of drive. Uh, Drive is the motivation to do something. So when we talk about a high drive dog, they're a dog that really wants to go and do. And then the genetic traits that are bred into them, like barking and chasing for a herding dog, are things that they need to be inherent and to be at their disposal in order to be successful at their job. So a job is going to employ those skill sets that your dog has. And again, it's going to look different for every dog. Some dogs that are maybe in the toy breed group, they were bred to just hang out with you, keep you company. Those dogs can go for a walk around the block, use their manners and be polite, and that's going to be enough for them for the day. Your hard-driving, high-energy really intense dogs, that's not going to be enough for them because that drive, that desire to do is really high. Those dogs need more mental expenditure, more physical expenditure. And what are those two things, mental expenditure and physical expenditure? Physical expenditure is the part that most people get. Um, I don't see too many people struggle with the idea that your dog needs to get up and go. If they have energy, they have to burn it off. You want to keep them fit so they're physically healthy. That part, I don't really see clients struggle with. It's very straightforward. You know, your dog needs to go run for 15, 20 minutes, burn off the energy. But the part that they don't necessarily see and that I don't think society sees as such a common thing for the dogs is the mental expenditure. Dogs are inherently very intelligent and in the wild they would constantly be thinking mostly about survival but really employing a lot of mental work. It takes a lot to survive out in the wild on their own and then couple that with the breed traits that have been bred into them to do these jobs 
and you have a dog that really needs to use its brain on a regular basis or it's not going to be mentally satiated. And if you don't give your dogs that mental expenditure, a few things can happen. One of which is that they will self-employ, so they will find something to do. Typically, it's not something you want them to do, whether it's destroying the house or ripping the garbage apart or deciding that they need to protect the property and now anyone that tries to come through the door is going to get met with a protective dog. Those are all things that can happen along with more different you know, behavior sets if the dog needs to self-employ and needs to figure out something to do on their own with that extra mental energy because you're not supplying an outlet for it. If you're not meeting both their mental and physical needs, you cannot expect your dog to have good behavior or even mental stability. You need to provide these outlets because the dogs don't get to make their own decisions. You know, if you have a bird hunting dog and it got to make its own decisions, it would walk right out the front door and go hunting and leave you home, you know, unless you have a good relationship in which they would want you to go with them. But they're not going to choose to just sit around the house. You're forcing that upon them if you don't give them that outlet. And then a lot of times people wonder why they're seeing these unwanted behaviors. And 90% of the time when I see clients, dogs do not have a sufficient mental outlet. It is the part that is the most commonly lacking need being met for dogs because I don't think people understand that it is a need and how important it is for your dog's mental stability. The other thing that can be produced by not giving your dog a mental outlet is anxiety. Same goes for physical. If they've got too much pent-up energy and they're not releasing it somehow, you can get anxiety from that, but it's often more created from the lack of mental work in a day. Um, because dogs have all this mental energy, it needs to go somewhere. And if it doesn't, like I said, it'll, it can produce the anxiety, which is incredibly, incredibly common in your typical house dog. And I personally live with anxiety. And let me tell you, it's not something that's pleasant at all. It's not something I would wish upon anyone else. And to allow your dog to develop that as a real behavior is really not in their best interest. So let's talk a little bit about what a job might look like for your dog. If you go to akc.org, that's the American Kennel Club, their website, you can see that the breeds they have are split up into groups. And these groups are formed out of the skill sets that the dogs share to do a certain job. You have your working dogs, you have your herding, your toy group, you know, there's a number in there. And each of those groups has the commonalities of, you know, your hound group has really good ability to track scent. Um, your toy group is mostly bred more so for some sort of companionship. Terriers are meant to hunt little Farmant like rats. Those are all the jobs that these dogs were designed for, cultivated, you know, genetically 
predisposed to be good at. And granted, within an individual breed, you'll have decent variations. You know, I personally have Labrador Retrievers. I have the field line type labs. I upland hunt with them and do some structured like AKC and HRC hunt testing. So I do the training for that as well. Those dogs are really pretty intense, um, really bred to have a lot of drive and they need to outlet that somewhere. Within the same breed, you can see more of the show type, which are typically little shorter legs, little stockier. Those dogs are really more, have been bred enough generations that they've been bred to really just kind of hang out in the show ring, be really easy going. While both types are within the same breed, you're gonna see those two different variations really need different levels of mental and physical expenditure. And that's the same for all things. You can even have a litter of puppies where they're working line dogs and one of them is just way more laid back, little lazy, not super motivated. And for someone that's breeding for a specific job, that dog is going to be what I call the dud. They're not going to want it. You don't want a bird dog that's super laid back and doesn't want to go do anything. But as a pet, they're really pretty phenomenal pets and require a minimal amount of work, which is what I see a lot of people want out of their pet dogs. So you have to remember as well, if you have a dog that really needs a lot of mental expenditure, decent amount of physical expenditure, and they're shredding the house or they're being overly protective, or they're anxious. Those traits that are unwanted for someone in a pet type situation could be something that someone would really, really value in a working situation. So you have to appreciate the dog for who they are and give them what they need as an outlet to be successful in life and to be a good partner to you and to be a good companion. The mental expenditure is going to be different for every dog. Again, the best thing to go do to try and figure out what would best replicate what your dog is designed for is to do some breed research. And if you have a mixed breed, it's going to be a little more difficult, especially if they're a Heinz 57 and you really don't have one distinct breed that has characteristics above and beyond the others. Um, at that point, you might need a professional to sort of help you make up a schedule for, you know, that dog that might be helpful for them to be successful. You can try the genetic testing. Some of them are very good. Some of them are less reliable. It might give you a little more insight. Um, or you can kind of look at the dog physically and, you know, does it look like a German Shepherd? then chances are it probably has German Shepherd in it. Research that breed and see if those types of jobs like scent work and high-level obedience training would be a good fit for your dog and you may have to play around a little. Different types of jobs that you can use to get your dog and their brain working um, for mental expenditure we're talking about right now. Physical expenditure is easier, more straightforward. Take them for a walk, take them for a run, take them for a hike, take them out to go swimming. You know, that's the more straightforward one that people really don't struggle with as much. It's pretty easy. The dog's got a lot of energy. It needs to run. But the mental expenditure 
is the harder to pinpoint for people. And if you think it sounds a little overwhelming, that you're going to have to find this whole skill set and teach it to the dog, you really only need like 15 minutes of mental expenditure a day to satiate most dogs. Even some of the working types, they might need, you know, more like five, six days a week. And, you know, the less motivated ones may just need a few days a week. Obedience is a wonderful place to start. Um, get your dog's mind engaged with walking politely with you, sitting, lying down, going to place, all those skills. If that's not enough for your dog, then you can start to look at different activities. Um, and again, it's going to take some research on your part, but shed hunting is one that I recommend to a lot of people because it's easy to recreate and it's fairly straightforward to teach. And most dogs that have some working capacity to them do enjoy doing scent work, which is what this is based on. And basically, in the fall, deer, elk, moose, all those types of animals, they sh the males shed their antlers. They literally just fall off, um, and then they get left behind on the forest floor, or out in the field, or wherever they happen to be when that happened. And you can teach the dog to use their nose and find the sheds, which are the antlers that have fallen off the deer or elk or whatever. Um, those types of jobs, again, Google it, look it up, um, find some videos, that sort of thing. It employs the dog to use their brain to find something. And most dogs do have the ability to do some scent work, whether it's totally pre-programmed or not. Other things, activities can be barn hunt, which is like an AKC sanctioned event. Um, so if you have like a purebred terrier, you could look into that. They may have open events as well. I'm not sure. And that's where they recreate, you know, hunting for mice and rats in the barn, which probably sounds disgusting to most of you. But if you have a terrier then that's what the dog was bred to do. And it's going to be the most fun that they can have. And it's a safe environment set up for the dogs. You can meet other people, make a weekend of it. Um, dock diving is another one. If you have a dog that likes to retrieve, um, you know, that's a good mental and physical expenditure into one. Basically, what I'm getting at is that you have to find something for your dog to do to use their mind. Again, start with the basic obedience. It's enough for a lot of dogs and work your way up from there. When I start with clients and they start to teach the obedience, they're usually sort of astounded at how much just that 15-20 minutes of the obedience work really sort of ripples through the rest of the dog's behavior. Um, it shocks people that mentally tiring the dog out is how you're going to get the dog to just chill, take a nap, be calm, be collected, you know, which is what people are looking for typically with the dog in the house. You can run a dog until their joints are going to wear out. Um, that only gets them physically fitter. While the dogs need to be fit, I'm not taking away from that. You want your dogs to be in peak physical condition. It extends their life. It is better for their joints. You don't want the dog to be overweight. And typically to do that, they need muscle tone. 
all those things are really important. And again, you know, going for your walk, hike, that swim, that sort of thing. going to get the dog That's going to be enough to just keep your dog be calm, cool, and collected. And it's what's going to alleviate, or if you start it at an early enough age, prevent the anxiety from occurring. Now, getting anxiety to relinquish after it's sort of inherent within the dog takes more time. But if you start giving them those mental outlets, you should see those anxiety behaviors diminish. Also for the anxiety, which is sort of its own topic, but you can increase the dog's structure. Um, for that, I will do another podcast because it would be too long to explain in this one. But increasing a dog's structure and discipline coupled with giving them a mental and physical outlet is what really is key to eliminating those anxiety behaviors. And again, if they're long ingrained, it's going to take longer to erase, but most things are fixable. Now, the key with the mental expenditure and getting the dog calm, cool, and collected is that's what's going to help you be successful with the good dog behaviors. And it's what's going to provide your dog the ability to have a healthy mindset and a healthy mental status. You don't want a dog riddled with anxiety. It makes them slightly unpredictable. Um, And you don't want a dog that really doesn't have the ability to sort of self-regulate. Again, the best thing for them is to be mentally stable, be in a good healthy mind space, and you can really only get them there with providing that mental outlet. If you have any questions or you want to learn any more, I have a YouTube channel as well. I'll link that in the description. That's got a few videos on there about some basic obedience stuff like getting a lead on the dog. Um, I always recommend doing all of your obedience work in either a slip lead or something where you have more control. Trying to do things with a harness is really not advantageous. Harnesses are made for pulling. That's what harnesses are created for. If you don't want your dog to pull, don't put a harness on them. And, you know, getting that slip lead where you can have more control, like I said, I've got a video on there that explains how to do that. Some of the basic obedience stuff like sit, go to place. Um, And if you have any more questions beyond that, I do Zoom consults as well. I'm always happy to talk to people and, you know, even if we're at a distance from each other, try to give you a game plan to be successful with your dog. Other than that, Google is your best friend. Look at multiple sources. Don't just take the first thing you read. Kind of look at four, five, six different opinions on something and try to look at the commonality of it. That usually is the best way to do your research. And best of luck training your dogs.